Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Here we are again to help you buy your next car or lease it, maybe have it repaired or maintained. You heard the recorded introduction, and... uh, here we are live in the color. A little change. We uh, are going for, this is our fourth week with Josh Stewart, or third week. It feels like the 59th straight week. <laughs> anyway, my oldest son, Stu Stewart, uh, who is our cyber spy master and in charge of Mystery Shops, uh, will be back next week. And we've got Josh Stewart, an outstanding job. And he's monitoring our uh, incognito um, anonymous fee- feedback. If you have anonymous input, it comes through. He monitors that. And, of course, we've got uh, Rick Kearney, certified master diagnostic technician. Uh, He's with us, and he's here every week. He does an outstanding job helping you figure out the little, uh, what would it be, uh, unusual things about your car. Today, if you buy a car, if it's a newer car, there's a lot of unusual things about your car. Uh, I've been in the business a long, long time, and because of the technology explosion in the digital age the auto manufacturers are trying to stay on top of uh you know what's cool and what's uh on top you know you got apple uh, and you got uh you know everything going on cars and technology so if you bought a car a year ago it's almost obsolete i mean i'm exaggerating but uh seriously if you bought a car five years ago you might not think twice about checking out what's available. Not now because there's a shortage, but in a couple of months, go out there and shop around. You'd be surprised what's happened in the past five years, especially with safety-related items. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll answer all your questions, uh, especially the uh, uh, Rick Kearney here. He monitors YouTube. So if you are on a uh, uh, smartphone or your PC now and you want to go to youtube.com forward slash Cars, uh, you can chit-chat with uh, Rick Kearney, and if, you, uh, if you're a grease monkey, or if you're a, uh, what do you, what's another nickname for people that like cars? Uh, morons? Morons, okay, if you're a moron. Gearhead. <laughs> gearhead, that's what I was looking for. So uh, if you're a gearhead and you have an interest in cars, uh, YouTube, uh, go to youtube.com forward slash your own cars. Rick is looking at his laptop as we speak, and they'll come popping through on YouTube. Of course, we have a regular old-fashioned text line, and that is uh, 772-497-6530. It's funny how we, st- we don't get very many texts. We get actually more anonymous feedbacks. But uh, if you're a texter like I am, I mean, uh, I, I, I try not to make phone calls these days. I try to make uh, do text because they're succinct to the point. In case you get a hold of somebody that likes to chit-chat a lot, it, it limits the amount of chit-chat. And if you're busy, text is a great way to go. So uh, text number, if you want to write it down, might not have a question or a comment now, you might later, 
497-6530. And of course, the old-fashioned telephone, 877-960-9960. And that line goes through, and Nancy Stewart, my co-host, and the one of the original founders of this show 20 years ago. Uh, she is monitoring the phone calls, and we prioritize your phone calls. What if phone calls might be old-fashioned, but they're personal. And we know you when you're on the phone. We know your voice. We know your attitude. We know your... It's just a whole lot more that you get on a phone call. So there. this is talk radio. So, hey, how can we have a talk radio show without the phone? 877 960-9960. I think we've only got three or four phone lines, so what we do as soon as one pops up on Nancy's laptop, she waves at us, uh, tells me to shut up. I have a tendency to run out of the mouth, and we say, we have a phone call. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I want to mention this, too, something a little different. If you're looking at us on Facebook, YouTube, uh, or Twitter, or whatever you're watching it on, we're all wearing masks this morning. And uh, we didn't wear masks for a while. Of course, we wore, originally we wore masks. Then we stopped wearing masks, and now we're back wearing masks. Reason being, um, if you're listening out of the area, Florida is uh, one of the uh, epicenters of the COVID explosion. Uh, Palm Beach County happens to be uh, an epicenter within an epicenter, and we're having an explosion of COVID in Palm Beach County. And so we thought, in an abundance of caution, as the attorneys like to say, uh, we decided we would wear our masks in the studio. And uh, it's a, an annoyance, uh, but it is something that is beneficial to our health and each other's health. And so we do it anyway. So if I'm a little muffled and uh, you can't see my beautiful face or, <laughs> or Nancy's or Rick's or Josh's face, uh, we'll be back with the mask off. I think uh, things are going to rectify in the next few weeks, and we'll be back uh, barefaced. And, uh, <laughs> you look good in your mask, though. Yeah, yeah. And uh, at any rate, I want to uh, introduce Nancy Stewart. Uh, she is, as I said earlier, my co-host. And uh, you're not missing anything with my mask on. You're missing a lot because she's my beautiful wife. And uh, she is here. Aww. You must have done something <laughs> bad this morning. She's here for a lot of reasons, but what's your back? One of her primary <laughs> reasons is the fact that she is a strong. A female advocate, and she is a spokesperson for a lot of the women uh, in the audience, and she has done an outstanding job over the many, many years of building up our female listenership. And uh, I'll turn the mic over to her. She's going to tell you about a special offer. We do have a special offer, and it is for the ladies' first two new lady callers. You can win yourself fifty dollars this morning. First two new lady callers. Uh, I have an idea. Do you want to talk to me about cordless tire inflators? <laughs> uh, <I'm laughs> Who does it? <laughs> Is that exciting? Hold, hold yourself back, Josh. <laughs> Breaking news. Hey, I think that Josh uh, deserves a purple heart. Absolutely. We're going to take a vote. Okay. Uh, <laughs> As I said, ladies, uh, the uh, first two new lady callers, you win yourself $50. You always have something important to say. And we've got to keep ourselves connected. And we have to keep, uh, there. there's such power in numbers. So ladies, let's stick together. Let's build this platform together. And uh, give me a call at 877-960-9960. And uh, I was being a little facetious, facetious 
earlier, but we can talk about anything, anything at all, whether it's cordless, you know, in in bladers or whatever, uh, or your uh, recent car purchase. So, uh, and you can also text us, as Earl said, 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymous feedback.com. Absolutely. And speaking of the ladies, we are going to go right to the telephone. And uh, Geraldine has called before, but she is a lady caller from Stewart. Good morning. How are you, Geraldine? Good morning. I have a question for Rick this morning. Okay. Okay. Um, I have a 2020 Corolla, and on August the 6th, I took it in for routine maintenance, at which time they rotated the tires. The first time I drove it or went to drive it after this was done, I now hear a thumping noise every time the tires rotate. What do you think is wrong? One of two things. Um, Either you've got a loose wheel or there's something in the tire, like a uh, a nail or a big rock or something stuck in the tire. Um, I would immediately get that checked out by a mechanic very, very quickly. Either one of those, if it's just a rock stuck in the tread, that could just be pop it out and you're done. But it could be a large nail or something. I've seen that happen. It, make a, it makes a horrible noise. But if it's a loose wheel, you definitely want that taken care of. Would it be safe to drive it back to the dealership or should it be towed? Uh, I wouldn't drive it. No, I, I, yeah, I, I, think, I wouldn't. Uh, I, you, you, it's probably a 99 out of 100 chances it's not that, but that one chance you don't want to take, and you don't want to have a wheel coming off on I-95, so uh, uh, you should have the car towed. Your insurance might cover that. I'm not uh, sure about that. Possibility, but yeah. I, I guarantee that if it's the dealership, if they left the wheel loose, yeah. then they should had better cover oh, yeah. that tow. Yeah. Probably not, but just be careful. Any, anything safety-wise, especially with tires, wheels, you don't want to take any chances. Geraldine, did you have your car serviced uh, recently? Yes, so, it was routine. It was the routine, regular maintenance. Is that when the because it's still under warranty? Is that is that when the problem started? I, the first time I went to drive it after I had that done, it started doing this. So I haven't driven it because. I didn't know what was wrong with it. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. Those tires are unbelievable. You don't want to cause any more damage than yeah, possible. I, I would have to go back to the dealership yep. where the service was done. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Geraldine? Okay. Thank you very much for the information. Oh, you're quite welcome. I was very happy to take your call this morning. That was the first the time first caller we get the uh, contact no, information, well, right? Well, Geraldine has uh, call, called before. Yeah, but. But uh, Geraldine, uh, spread spread the word that I'm looking for two new lady callers this morning, and they can win themselves fifty dollars. Thank you for supporting us. Okay, thank you for the information. You're welcome. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget that your your anonymousfeedback.com, and uh, we have a whole lot to get to. So I'll give it back to you, recovering yeah. car dealer. Yeah, absolutely. Anonymousfeedback.com. We've already got some of those uh, piling up. Now let's uh, shoot the mic over to Josh Stewart, uh, who is our cyber master now and substituting for Stu Stewart, my son, both sons of mine, and uh, both in the business. And to full transparency, we have a dealership. 
And uh, this is not an infomercial, and we're not trying to sell you cars. Uh, we're trying to sell you, well, we're trying to give you information. <laughs> we're trying to give you information. So, uh, Josh, if you got some text, anonymous feedback, or you'd like to make any comments about our mystery shopping report, go to it. Ooh, I am excited to, uh, to get to the mystery shopping report, but we have a little backlog of anonymous feedback, so why don't I just hit the ground running and Jump start in. with those. All right, this one is from last week after, the, uh, after last week's show. Hello, Earl. I've been dealing with a 2021 Ram 2500 repair issue. I purchased a truck back in March, and at 2,600 miles, I started having engine issues. Long story short, I am now almost two months without a truck. The dealer said they could not offer me a loaner, and Ram has now decided they will buy back this truck. After talking with a company called FCA Stellantis, in, in parentheses, by far the worst company I've ever worked with, today they talked about negotiating compensation of the buyback. I have never had a deal with a buyback and looking for some insight. Any help with this mess would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for your time. Signed, Glenn. Was that a new truck that he bought? It was a brand 21. new 21, and he bought it uh, less than five months ago. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's, uh, that's, well. that's a heck of a problem. I, I'm, I'm really shocked, uh, Rick. Are there lawyers who specialize in assisting folks and stuff like this? Because it, it seems like you've got one man going up against Fiat Chrysler Corporation. It, it seems like there should be a lawyer, you know, some, some legal assistance out there, somebody to be in this guy's corner. Because it sounds yeah, like he, he could be an advocate. Well, yeah, Rick, Rick, we have too many lawyers that you haven't heard, <laughs> probably haven't realized that. Well, but, yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I realize no, that. I mean, yeah, there's, 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 a, there's a 25 or 30 lawyers that would love to jump on something like this. But My, it's an awful situation. Boy, can you imagine? Your, your truck's sitting in front of your house. You just bought it just a few months ago. Would they say just do, in, in March? In March, yeah. yeah. Less than, no. than 3,000 miles he has on it. Jeez. Okay, I'd like to give some advice to write exactly what you just told us to Chrysler Corporation. Also write the dealership uh, managers, owner preferably, and make it certified mail. Or you can email or, uh, you know, certified letters are really good. They're a lot of trouble. Uh, and email is, will suffice. But be uh, go into excruciating detail about exactly what happened because the way you state it, uh, uh, Chrysler is in violation of your uh, warranty and uh, the dealer is in violation of uh, your contractual agreement that you bought a car. Uh, I can think of a million legal precedents as mm -hmm. to why there would be in serious trouble. My guess is that you don't have to hire a lawyer once you let the owner or the general manager of the dealership and Chrysler Corporation know exactly what happened. But it can't be verbal, it's got to be in writing. Once that letter hits Chrysler, once that letter hits the dealer's desk, uh, then your next step would be the Department of Motor Vehicles and probably uh, the State Attorney General's office, but uh, you've got a lemon law, if nothing else. Yeah. And uh, it's just, they have no legal case. But to go out there and start hiring lawyers, you're liable to get one that's gonna start, start charging you, mm -hmm. and you don't want that to happen. So uh, try what I suggested. Formalize your complaint in writing, Chrysler and the dealership. And then if that doesn't work, uh, send us another feedback or call us or yeah. text us or whatever. I think he might be there because they said they agreed to buy back the truck, but now they're, now they're negotiating with him, which to me, 
what's the negotiation about? You have to make this man whole. Whatever he paid for the vehicle, including sales tax and everything else, he should get a check for it. My guess is there's nothing in writing at this point. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised how things change when you put something in writing. Uh, uh, You go to court and you've heard hearsay, he said, she said. But when you have an email that came from a complaining customer to Chrysler or to the dealer, that becomes evidence. Mm -hmm. Exhibit A, Exhibit B, Exhibit C. You gotta get some Exhibit A's, B's, and C's. Uh, The nice thing about having Exhibit A, B, and C is you're never probably gonna have to use them, but they know you got them, and lawyers just jump on the case like that. But I have a feeling everything is verbal now. Yeah, you gotta gotta go on the record. uh, If you have a conversation, follow up with an email um, or a certified letter. I agree, Josh. Uh, Create a paper trail, for Mm -hmm. sure. And what uh, Rick said, we all said, what a situation to feel so alone. Uh, but uh, stay in touch with us, please, and let us know where this went. Uh, our phone number is 877-960-9960. And, of course, you can text us at 772-497-6530. And we're going to go back to Josh. He's got a whole lot to share with us. Yeah, and shame on me for, for ignoring Anne-Marie's inaugural kickoff text. Oh, oh good morning, Anne-Marie. <laughs> it just wouldn't be a Saturday morning <laughs> without this. No, All definitely. Right. And Anne-Marie writes, Good morning. Stop-and-go driving dramatically lowers the mileage in a conventional internal combustion vehicle. I'll get better mileage driving to Jacksonville if I take I-95 than if I take US-1. She has three questions. One, does stop-and-go driving also impair mileage or range of an electric vehicle? Two, what impairs or limits the range of an electric vehicle? And three, when do you think the manufacturers will get an electric battery with a range suitable enough for long-haul truckers? Thanks. P.S. I hope you finally received your Tesla. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry boy. about your luck. I, well, I, I agree with you, Henry. Yeah, yeah Rick, Rick <laughs> had explained that. Uh, your, uh, the, the electric hybrids and the electric cars uh, are really good for a stop and go. Rick, you can explain that mm-hmm. better than I can, Rick. Well, the, the way it's the way the hybrid operates because a hybrid car, when you're accelerating, it'll use the gasoline engine to create electricity to push you up there. But once you get cruising, it can use just the barest amount of electricity needed to keep you there. And as soon as you let off the accelerator and the car starts to coast, it actually uses the spinning wheels to turn those motors into generators and regenerate electricity back into the battery. And that's why that stop and go is perfect for maximizing fuel economy. On the highway, however, where you're constantly traveling along at a steady rate of speed, it's got to constantly run the gasoline engine to create electricity to keep yeah. the car going. Yeah. So that's why they're opposite. Yeah, and the uh, Tesla that I've ordered that I'll probably never receive. <laughs> uh, Are you listening, Elon? <laughs> business must be awfully good for Elon Musk because he doesn't care about my Tesla. Anyway, uh, it was very, very interesting. A lot of people never use the brake in their Tesla. They use the uh, they use the uh, they take their foot off the accelerator and. Uh, automatically brakes. You can brake to a stop, brake to a stop. Will you promise me that you'll use the brakes when you finally get yours? <laughs> well, oh actually, even when you're using the brakes, when you first step on it, instead of actually pushing mechanical pieces together to slow the car, uh, we all remember when the blue roofs were here and we had everybody had a generator running. When you plugged in your refrigerator on your generator, you could hear it bogged down. And that's called electromotive drag. And that's what these cars use is they actually make the generators produce more electricity and that drag slows the car so 
if you drive an electric car or a hybrid, if you drive it really perfectly careful with the brakes, you could almost make the brakes last the life of the car. Almost. I mean, it's. Yeah. I've seen Priuses with 120,000 miles, yeah. and the the original factory pads are still in yeah. good shape. A wise man once said, "Drive like there's an egg between your foot and the pedal." Yeah. Do you know who that man was, Rick? I think I might have heard of him <laughs> once or twice. Yeah, and back to Anne Marie's question about how how long will it take before they build an electric car that has a acceptable range, and well, I think they already, yeah. you know, I think they already have. Uh, my Tesla uh, coming in uh, will have a range over, four, I think, 400 miles, 450 miles, and uh, I rarely uh, have to worry about that amount of mileage. No matter where I drive, I mean, I go to Miami and back. I can go to. Uh, uh, almost Orlando and back. Yeah, that's almost as much as a tank of gas gets you. Yeah, and uh, and I have a charger in the garage, so uh, you charge it overnight automatically. Don't even think about it. And uh, the cars there, the electric cars now for most people. And as far as truckers, you mentioned truckers and Marie specifically. Uh, I don't think that's going to be a problem. The truckers are a natural for all electric, and a lot of new truck companies are jumping on manufacturing. And that is because uh, the size of the battery is not a problem in the truck. If you've got a tractor trailer <laughs> and you've got you know, these giant, way too big in my opinion, these trucks on the road, you can put a battery in there that even in spite of the size of the truck, proportionally is much greater si uh, power mm -hmm. uh, per whatever you want to call it than a car. So Great you, point. you could probably go in the trucks they're building today. Uh, I, I'm going to say, here's the, I'm pulling the number out of the air, a thousand miles or more without having to recharge. I don't doubt it. Well, and Exciting the other big times. advantage mm -hmm. is these trucks with their heavy loads, the electric motors can get that load moving much easier. Yeah. I mean, that's why Lots locomotives yeah. use electric motors. Lots of torque with those electric motors. You yeah. know, I, as I sit here and I think back of my uh, childhood, well, not childhood, maybe uh, 20 some years old young adulthood learning <laughs> learning how to drive and yeah isn't that amazing i didn't learn how to drive until i 20 some years old but i can still hear my dad saying and to your conversation you know and about the gas and the brake and how it's utilized today my dad would say you're waste you're burning you're burning gas get off that brake stop and go stop and go you're burning gas <laughs> I, I think uh, i think someone here had a different type of teacher yeah 20 21st century here we are all right well Anne -Marie, there's, there's a second part to her question and i think this will be good for rick uh what what will impair or limit the range of an all-electric vehicle i have a guess but i want the expert to answer uh Really, it's going to be the availability of charging stations. Um, right now, there are stories of people that trying to find a charging station that's compatible with their particular electric vehicle, mm -hmm. which that obviously is going to change very quickly because they'll they'll come out with a universal coupler. Yeah, standardize it. But certain Maybe. areas of the nation, when you go to them, you're going to have a harder time. Like, say, if you want to go to Yellowstone Park and wander through there for a couple of days, finding charging stations in Yellowstone might be a little trickier. What about weather? Do you think uh, really hot or cold climates might affect the battery range? Cold climate, I think, is going to be the bigger issue. Yeah. And even then, for the continental U.S., I don't think you'll see that big an issue. If you lived in Alaska, now you've got another story. But continental U.S., I don't think you're going to see that massive a change in the, the cold affecting it, especially when you consider Europe 
so much of Europe, their, their climate is so much colder mm -hmm. for the northern Europe, and yet electric cars are booming over there. Yeah, Scandinavia. And, and Rick, um, to your point about charging stations <clears throat> and the cold and the uh, heat, uh, the article that I was reading, you know, about the cold in Michigan really affected a lot of the charging stations. So I guess that's something that they're going to have to fine-tune. Right, but it's, it's a learning thing as you go along. I mean, gas stations didn't just pop up in the United States like mushrooms in the early 1900s. It yeah. took some time before they were able to get them out there and get the technology and all the pumps and everything. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't want to leave the impression that happen. charging stations are a problem because almost all the cars, electric cars on the road are Teslas. And mm -hmm. Tesla doesn't yeah. have a charging problem. So no. uh, I suppose when uh, Chevrolet, Chevrolet uh, Bolt and some of the other, uh, they're minuscule in terms of volume of cars on the road. So if you buy a Tesla, uh, you don't have a charging problem. You go anywhere in the United States and... Uh, the car will lead you to the next char charging station. They have the yep. rapid chargers. They have the chargers in your garages. So uh, one of the reasons that people are buying Teslas as opposed to other electric, other than the, the superiority of the quality and of the uh, range, uh, is the charging ability. And yeah. if you buy, if, if you say if you buy an off-brand uh, electric car, uh, like a, I believe a Volvo has one now, every different manufacturer has a different charger and uh, it's kind of like the old days when you know nobody the industry never consolidated uh, and cooperated like VHS and beta tapes yeah exactly <laughs> but they will they'll, they'll be well, they'll maybe forced they into maybe finding they will. the universal standard maybe they won't yeah. I mean uh, who, who who's to tell uh, Elon Musk that he has to change his charger when if he's got 90% of the electric cars on the road and he's got his charger he'll say uh, uh, if you want to use my charger, I'll let you, but you're going to pay me royalties for my charger. Yeah, well, absolutely. He more likely will simply sell, say, okay, guess what? Here's an adapter that will let you use my charger. By the way, it's going to cost you $2,000. Sell it to you. The man's a genius. He, yeah. he'll get it, I was just going to say a genius. Yeah. You know, he's got a plan. He, uh, he, he just has that long-term vision. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, tell, uh, give me a call. Uh, give us a call. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance this morning to let everyone know how thankful we are that you join us every Saturday morning. Uh, you definitely are an important part of the show. Uh, but uh, give us a call. Anything. We'll discuss anything. How do you feel about uh, Elon? How do you feel about these charging stations? Uh, ladies, uh, you're a, 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 a majority in, in the uh, uh, buying market, so uh, give me give us a call and win yourself fifty dollars. Uh, first two new lady callers. That's uh, eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Josh has a whole lot he has <laughs> to share with us. Yeah, and thank you, Anne Marie, for what a great conversation starter that was. Yeah. And on this topic, here's another anonymous feedback. Breaking news: Electric vehicle registrations in the U.S. have more than doubled since last year. That sounds amazing. Tesla is number one, of course, with Chevy and Ford far behind. Earl, is Toyota going to be able to play catch-up, or are they missing the boat? Uh, they kind of miss the boat, but uh, they, yes, they can play catch-up uh, because they've got all the money in the world. <laughs> and uh, Toyota is, uh, I guess, along with Volkswagen, has got enough money to last a long, long time. So when you got that much money, you can play catch-up, and they will. It's just... But they're they're going to be in they're going to be in Elon Musk dust uh, for a while. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shame, you know. Uh, they've always been on the cutting edge. They were the first to get come out with the hybrids. It's a shame yeah. they're they're behind the eight ball on the mm-hmm. on the all electric. Really surprised. Mm-hmm. We got YouTube here. Yeah, we do. Uh, Justin says uh, good morning. He says, if you own a twenty one four runner, would you do an oil change at one thousand miles to get out any break in metal particles, or is this outdated? I know the manual says ten thousand miles, and he says. When you change most oil at 10,000 miles, is it black or is it still amber honey-colored most of the time? Uh, the old break-in rules on cars have gone away because the, the companies that make the engines now actually do the break-in when they build the engine. They set them up on a, a dynamometer, basically, and run that engine and clean it out, fresh oil. So, no, you don't need to change the oil at 1,000 miles anymore. That's, that's outdated. I uh, go right to 10,000 miles and follow the owner's manual with that. And yes, when we change oil at 10,000, it comes out quite black. Now the reason for this is that it's picking up all the carbon and dirt from the engine, keeping it suspended. The larger particles are trapped by the oil filter, which of course gets changed out. And then all that dirty oil gets flushed out with the oil change and fresh new oil goes in. Very good. I'd be more suspicious of seeing clean oil come out of a car at 10,000 miles <laughs> than to see a nice dark black oil. Mm. Are you being good facetious point. or is that? No, I'd, I'd, yeah. Be, yeah. I'd be wondering what's going on. If I pull a drain plug on a car with 10,000 miles uh-huh. and that oil comes out clear, crystal colored. Have mm. you ever seen it? I have. Really? On cars where they've got an engine problem and somebody keeps putting oil in. Uh-huh. Or something happened and the oil all came out and they oh. dumped all fresh oil in. That's why I love you, Rick. I find you know I I always learn something from Rick. Really cool. I had no idea. You know, if I changed my oil in ten thousand miles and it was clean, I'd say, Boy, that's really cool. I'm lucky, maybe I don't have to change it for yeah. twenty. Rick is saying, You probably have a problem. I'd I'd be scared. I'd be yeah. wondering who did what to that engine. Yeah. Hmm. Well you heard it right here, ladies and gentlemen. That's <laughs> all, all this free information. That's what's uh, fantastic. Give us a call. Join in the conversation at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, we have the anonymous feedback that uh, you can uh, take advantage of. We also have uh, Earl's uh, Vigilantes, which you can go to Earl on Cars and get all that information. Forgot my we're looking for <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for volunteers for the uh, Earl's Vigilantes, and uh, I think I covered it all. Yeah, okay, I think you need to choose between the hat or the mask. We can't do both. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm ringless. Uh, I got my hearing aid. I got my mask. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Only so many accessories we can have at once. I just yeah. had a great idea. I'm an inventor at heart. A mask that doubles as a hat. So when you when you need the mask, you wear it. And when you go outside, you don't need it. You slip it up on top of your head. Make it fashionable. Yeah, an entire head covering. Okay, if anybody takes that, I want a piece of the action. <laughs> you gotta, you, remember, you got to put it in writing, or otherwise it's our, uh, Excuse me, Josh. Our phone line's just uh, lit up, and we have a call from Hope Sound, and it's uh, Rick. No, Rick's in the studio. <laughs> oh, hey, good morning, Rick. Welcome. Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing? We're great. Thank you for calling. Yeah, good. I like the show a lot. Thank oh, you. Thank really you. Good. I was just wondering if you can handle a question about a radio. Oh, Rick can answer anything. 
Oh, you're a cop. Uh, no, I'm getting silly. <laughs> I just I just bought a uh, 2004 Cadillac CTS, uh-huh. and I bought it off my mom. I bought it off my mom, who lives by up by Daytona. She gets all the A stations, the uh, AM stations. You know, uh-huh. I bring it down here, and I can't get an AM station to come in on it. Is there anything that I'm doing wrong or what? Hmm. AM stations in South Florida are almost a rarity, like hen's teeth. Uh, there's still a few of them down around Miami area going, but FM is really the, the majority. And, and now, of course, everybody's going to XM and, and satellite. Um, are you getting FM stations in normally, or just the... Is Beautiful. And I got the car I just got rid of was a Mercury Grand Marquis 2001. Had no problem with. I won't mention the name of the station, I guess, but came I, in beautiful. I had a thought, you know? and I'm going to ask Rick. I'm going to ask this to Rick for you. Uh, many years ago, when we had uh, older cars and older technology, uh, we had post antennas. That's the kind you see yep. you stick up on the car. Uh, the <laughs> post, anten- uh, post antennas uh, were able to receive AM radio signals. Uh, better, uh, whereas the windshield antennas that we have now were more directional. Mm-hmm. So uh, my question to Rick for Rick is, if he were to put, if Rick were to put a, a post antenna mm-hmm. on his car, would it improve his reception because of the direction, directionability problem with AM stations? Uh, that's certainly possible, yeah. Um, now, I, I don't know about the 04 Cadillac, but there is a possibility that it may actually have dual antennas. Um, I know we used to have back in the late 90s, they had an antenna for FM and a separate antenna for AM, hmm. and the cables actually ran different. Uh, there's a possibility maybe that AM antenna is not working properly. It may not be connected properly in the radio. It might have popped loose or something. Uh, so if, yeah, if, you, if you're not getting AM stations that another car is able to get right there, then I would have that antenna checked on the back of it. See if could it's, he, could if he go, in, could he go into a dealership or go into any a repair site thinking, I want to buy a post antenna? Uh, you could get those just about any auto parts store. Yeah. Uh, now, wiring it in is a whole other story yeah. and getting it mounted. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, how, how, how about having the dealership see my antennas on the back windshield? Right. right. So... You think somehow they could just check that? And I, I believe both of us, you know, AMFM's in that antenna, is it? Yes. Uh, do you have window tinting? No, I don't. Okay, because I, I have seen cases where window tint can cause reception issues, especially on AM. Uh, right. It even says it says that in the book too, but it tells you to make sure you don't. Scrub the back windshield to screw up the antenna either, you know. Right. Yeah, Rick, you could get get a post antenna and not install it, just connect it, and then you could maybe, you know, the suction cup or just do something temporarily or have have somebody hold it out the window for you. Well, you could even do like a magnetic mount, like the old CB antennas we used to run back in the 70s. And then I see, what what I, back in the the day, uh, what I found, if, if, if my post antenna broke or I didn't have it up far enough, I could be going east and west and I couldn't get a station, but when they had my right hand turn, 
I would be able to get the station fine. So that's the reason when the post is up in the air, it doesn't make any difference which direction you're going. But if you have a windshield antenna, if you're going east, then, then you're not going to get the signal if it's coming out of the south. So worth a try, I think. How about that aluminum right, foil? Remember those guys? <laughs> yeah, with the rabbit ears. <laughs> yeah, I, I had that on my car. <laughs> Other, otherwise, I would have a. Uh, I remember the day everybody was ripping your antennas off the call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I I would have it checked out by one of the sound, uh, local audio shops. Um, they should be able to use a meter to test that antenna array in the back window to make sure there's no breaks in the in the connections on it. You know, in the filaments. They can check that out. Yep. All right. You're not up for another question, are you? Sure. Go for it. Okay. I just got rid of my Mercury Marquee 2001. And uh, about two months before I sold, I just sold it a couple of days ago, but a couple of months ago, it started pulling a little bit to the left. I don't know for me to worry about too much, but, and then also one day, it just started kind of rocking back and forth a little bit. So I had this guy that knows quite a bit about cars. He's not a licensed mechanic, but that's what he works on you know, at home. And he had run his hand over the left tire and told me, oh, it's the tire. And I'm like, okay. So I put the spare on, and it took care of, took care of that pretty much. It wasn't pulling anymore or anything. So about a week later, I'm driving back home from about a mile away, and I guess uh, it started while I'm getting left and right, and so I went and got two new tires put on on the front. Took care of it beautifully. No, it wasn't pulling anymore. It wasn't wobbling. It wasn't bouncing. No problem. I sold it to my stepson-in-law. He had to drive it about 40 miles home. No problem. They take it out the next day, and all of a sudden he's saying it's it's up wobbling a little bit again, and he can't figure it out. Huh. You got any idea what that might be? That sounds to me like one of the suspension components, possibly a ball joint, as it things and heat he, up. He just checked. He just checked the ball joint. He said they look like they're almost brand new. Okay. With some. Okay. Uh, possibility maybe of a tie rod end. Uh, one of the steering tie rod ends. Uh, any any suspension component that, as, especially you know, as things heat up and they expand and contract with the temperature changes, that can cause things to start get a little extra free play and start to move a little bit. But I would have the suspension checked out, suspension and steering checked by a good mechanic, and make sure that everything is nice and tight and solid there. It sounds like something is as as they're driving and and it's heating up. Something's starting to expand a little bit, and it's starting to cause another part to move, and that's that's your free play in there. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, the longer you drive it, the hotter it'll get, huh? Yeah. Basically. All right, well, thanks a lot, Rick. You guys have a good one, huh? Well, thank you, Rick. You too, Rick. Thanks right. for tuning in. Yeah. Have a great weekend, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go back to Josh, and he's got a lot to share with us. All right, Rick, you're on deck. Here we go. What is the best way to clean wheel studs and lubricate, lubricate them so the wheel nut can tread easily onto the stud? 
I know I can wire brush the studs, but I'm unsure of what type of lubricant to use. Is WD-40 okay? Nope. Nope. What I would use <laughs> is a, a chemical available at any auto shop called anti-seize. Anti-seize. And it's usually either silver or copper colored. Oh, it yeah. comes in a jar and it's like paste. Anti-seize. S-E-I-Z-E. Okay. Yeah, like a seized metal see, part. With a mask on, it's hard, yeah. That's see, right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be in a, a little plastic jar, either silver or copper colored, mm -hmm. and there will be a brush in the cap, and you want to put just the tiniest, tiniest little bit on those threads after you clean them up with a wire brush, and even after you clean them, if the lug, if the lug nut doesn't want to go in nice and smooth, you should get what's called a tap or a die, and run it down over the threads of the lug stud, and the tap will go inside the lug nut and clean it up and cleans those threads up. So if there's any little burrs that have started to form, it'll make those threads move nice and slow, uh, nice and smooth. I thought WD-40 did everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but it can be washed off of those lug studs because they're right out in the environment. So it might, it might work uh, initially, but you're, uh, you're down the road, it's going to not, not be yep. the solution for you. You know, when I started oh, yeah, using oh. so much of the um, <laughs> WD-40, like you just said, I've, I, I started using some Houdini. There's so many sprays out there, mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. But this here was a silicone, and I really felt bad that I wasn't using my WD-40. You're betraying WD-40. My WD-40. All the do-it-yourself or needs is some duct tape and WD-40. And you can fix anything. There you go. Yeah. You can put Rick out of business. Don't forget <laughs> aluminum foil. <laughs> Is that to protect from the uh, alien signals going to your brain? All right. Thank you very much. I think that um, handled that question. <laughs> All right. I got one from Jim. Uh, Jim here. I have a 2010 Prius with 198,000 miles. Way to go, Jim. Mm. Every once in a while, the radio comes, comes on by itself. Scares the life out of me. Sounds like a short... Um, is it something that could cause a fire? The radio coming on spontaneously. I haven't heard that one. There's definitely a short somewhere. Um, the 2010 Prius had steering wheel controls that could activate the, the radio. Mm -hmm. So turning the wheel, if there's an issue in what's called the spiral cable that is in there and lets those wires move in a nice circle back and forth when you're turning the wheel back and forth, that could cause an issue or it could be something in the radio itself. I would want to get that checked out. Um, I'd be a little nervous about that one because, yes, there's a yeah, possibility. Yeah, it's not going to cause a fire, is it? Well, not necessarily a fire, but it could start to burn some of the electrical wiring. So if you start to smell anything that smells a little bit like sulfurous or like burned toast, hmm. that's the time to be very concerned. Got it. Very good answer there. Okay. All right. Another one just popped in as I was re reading that one. Please discuss the impact of an accident or damage repairs on a car's value when reported on Carfax, and the probability of getting reimbursed for diminished value if someone else was responsible for the accident. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it really depends on the, uh, on, the, on the car. Obviously, I think a, a later model, higher-end car with a bad Carfax, the, uh, the dollar amount will be a greater impact. In today's market, with a low supply, high demand, and mm -hmm. car prices used and new, you know, used car prices have uh, come down a little bit, but not much. And I'd be nervous if I had a, a car and I had it uh, totaled in an accident. I'd be uh, nervous about accepting my insurance company's first offer because they might be honest and they might be trying to take care of you, but but 
the market is so uh, volatile, I'd want to get a double check and be sure that I was getting adequate replacement for the car. Well, in this case, he's asking about not a total total loss, but uh -huh. just diminished value from the accident. So yeah, yeah diminished value. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So if he's not at fault in the accident, can yeah. um, can he sue the the at fault party's insurance carrier for diminished value because he's driving a car that's worth less now, even when it's fixed perfectly? That's a good question. Yeah, I, I think he can. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's a just a, it's a little known fact uh, of. Uh, life that you have that diminished value when you have an accident you trade that car in typically it's going to cost you around two thousand dollars even though you have a perfect repair job is it worth calling uh, an attorney uh, yeah uh, you you want to call the anytime you call any attorney the first thing you ask him is uh, can I discuss the issue with you without any charge you know 99 percent of the time they'll, they'll say, hang up on you they'll say they'll say yes and then they will hear what the, the case is and then you say, oh, will you take, take that on contingency? And then you ask them what that contingency percentage is. Contingencies typically vary from maybe as low as 30% to as high as 50. And uh, if you get a, a 30 or 40% contingency with, the other thing you wanna have an attorney do is agree to cover the costs because the advertisement you see on TV now say that, you know, we don't get anything unless you get something. Mm -hmm. What they're saying is, we don't get anything except you have to pay us for our costs. So to me, that's something. And they're saying we're not really getting anything because it's money out of their pocket. So better money out of their pocket than your pocket. So mm -hmm. the deal you want to strike with every attorney is you pay my costs, I'll pay you on contingency, and you've got a deal. Otherwise, I'll find an attorney who will take the deal. If you have a good case, there'll be three or four guys out there who want to take the deal. Jumping right on that. We're going to go back to the phones where Marty's waiting. Uh, he's calling from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Hi, how are you? Welcome back. Morning. Hi. Hi. I just have a question. Now that they're getting rid of the, or I should say the last year for the Avalon is the 22 model. On my Camry XLE, it has every option, but it doesn't have a memory seat. Do you think that they will put a memory seat finally on a Camry once they're through with the Avalon. I, I always felt they said if you really want a memory seat, you had to buy an Avalon and also you had to buy the Avalon Limited to get the memory seat. Mm -hmm. So do you, think, do you think that they will put a memory seat finally in a Camry? That's a great question. Um, it's a feature that a lot of people love, especially when they have more than one driver in the home. Uh, your guess is as good as mine, unfortunately. Um, you won't see any change until at least 2023. The, the 2022s right. are already coming out, so that change hasn't right. been made yet. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. Hmm. Yeah, now I know Honda Accords and uh, Hyundai Sonatas, they've had memory seats in there. So Toyota has just been stubborn, in my, in my opinion. You yeah. Know, that they wanted you to buy the more expensive <laughs> car. I agree. They've been stingy with that feature. So let's hope they see the error of their ways and and the wisdom of putting right. a memory seat in the Camry. You think I should call Mr. Toyota? It couldn't hurt. And, and we can, uh, every once in a while, Toyota asks us for some feedback on products. And You'd be surprised. When you, when you go to the top guy, you'd be surprised. Sometimes, in fact, usually they won't respond, but somebody will. And uh, Akio Toyota, T-O-Y-O-D-A, uh, you could right. probably get his email address. In fact, I could probably get that for you. And... Uh, 
You send an email to the top guy. It's always interesting. You always get a response, uh, whether it's General Motors or, or Apple. or If you go to the top guy, they won't answer you, but they'll give it to somebody who really is pretty uh, has some power and some. Uh, you might get what you're asking for. You never know. You know when uh, we we uh, Earl and I met uh, Akio, and uh, I have his business card sitting on my desk. And every time there's a problem, I say, "Gee, what would Akio do?" <laughs> 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 but yeah, I'm not and sure the if the funny I'm part is on the Toyota on the Toyota forum. About a year, year and a half ago, somebody put down the sales of Avalons compared to Camrys and everything. And I wrote in saying that I'm sure they're going to do away with Avalons eventually. And this other guy wrote mm. back and said, no, they'll never get rid of Avalons. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as, and I used to buy Avalons. I bought three Avalons before I switched back to Camrys because the only feature that I was getting was the memory seat. For ten thousand dollars, I guess I could fix it myself for ten thousand. Well, Marty, my advice to you is find something with a memory seat and take real good care of it because cars are a vanishing species. I mean, they're you know uh, SUVs and uh, are are taken over and so the, the, the sedan eventually uh, they'll be if if they exist, which they they may, it'll be just in the econo. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of a you know, people that are trying to build a very very low price vehicle. But yeah, I I don't I I love cars. I drive a sedan, and but I hate the fact I can't see. And uh, I get I'm jealous of these guys in the big trucks and the big vans and the big SUVs. They can see and I can't see over them. You stoplight, you can't see the stoplight if you're behind if you're behind the SUV. So uh, it's going to be a matter of self defense. After a while, you'll have to have. Uh, SUV before you can get your visibility back, and yeah, you can I get the memory seat in the out. SUV. Did you get your Tesla? <laughs> yeah, you had to bring that up, didn't you? Every morning I look at my oh, my smartphone. I look at Tesla.com, and look I go your down. Empty driveway. And I, and I and 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 they keep moving the date up. I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah. between. Not to now. What is today? The four. Now it's between the fourteenth and, and Christmas the, and the eighteenth, <laughs> and then tomorrow. Let me ask you uh, this. Yeah. <laughs> Does that Tesla have a memory seat? Uh, probably. Uh, Marty, that is a good Marty, question. Marty. I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, jeez. All right. Have a good. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Marty. Thanks, yeah, Marty. thanks for calling in. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Thank Bye. you for calling in, Rick. I have a YouTube comment that I want to say right now from Regina. She says, good morning, and thank you for the $50 check, Nancy. I enjoy watching and listening to your show. Oh, she was from last you. week. I remember her. She yeah, was. Regi yeah, I, I remember Regina. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks, Regina. And that is going to help me build this platform here because there is power in numbers, and we got to stay connected. So thank you for that, Regina. Uh, Regina is one of our uh past lady callers and she won fifty dollars because she was a first time caller yep. so take advantage of that today ladies 
$50 for the first two new lady callers. And remember, mm. we are a majority in this crazy buying market that we're going through right now. You must have a story you can share with us. Uh, 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 we have a great mystery shopping report coming up speaking of females and she is our uh, mystery shopping uh, person lady Mm -hmm. and she does a fantastic job and she is not to be trifled with no No. (laughs) (laughs) I like her style yeah she's a tough one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have uh, some more feedbacks here. If, uh, Let's do it. All right. Did you guys read about the highway in Germany where trucks driving in the far right lane can hook to an overhead line and go from diesel to electric power like a streetcar? Amazing, but I think way too impractical here. Okay, I didn't understand how they did what? They, apparently there must be some overhead power lines in the right lane of German oh. of some uh-huh. German highways. Yeah. And the, uh, the long-haul truckers, uh-huh. they can hook up to the, they can go from a diesel truck and hook to the overhead power line uh-huh. to draw power from and turn off the diesel engine. Like the old street cars with the overhead yeah. power cable. Yeah. But why, why would it only be diesel, I wonder? Well, I, I think that's just the a, primary... A diesel hybrid truck. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's got to yeah. have a hybrid truck that has electrical capabilities. Yeah. Interesting. But Amazing. How about an electric, uh, how about a gasoline hybrid truck? That's a good that question. That would work, yeah. Uh, that's the reason I asked the question. About yeah, there's yeah. Not, yeah, well, most of the trucks are diesel here, right, Rick? Yeah, most of them, yeah. Most, uh, for, for hybrids here, uh, pickup trucks, of course, are going to be gasoline hybrids, but most of the bigger trucks are all diesel hybrid. Yeah, like the big Mack trucks and yep. stuff like that. Those are mostly diesel. I believe they still uh, have, I believe they have natural gas uh, gas trucks, don't they? I mean, run on gas. A few, a Propane, few. But yeah. They're, yeah, they've been moving away from those. Yeah. I've seen a lot of buses that say yeah. powered by natural gas. Yep. Mm. Okay. We, uh, excuse me, Josh. We yes. have to go back to the phones where John's waiting. John is a regular caller of ours from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Speaking of European, uh, I read where the uh, uh, diesel vehicles are reduced by almost half since the emission scandal that was noti- first noted in the United States. But finally, the European Union caught up with the German manufacturers at the beginning of July, and they fined Volkswagen $500 million, 590 and BMW $442 million. They didn't, Daimler-Benz, they didn't find him anything. They were supposed to find him, but they were the whistleblower that turned the other two in. <laughs> so uh, finally, it took them a long time. We did it in the United States early. That was over $20 billion in fines for them. But definitely and positively, uh, whether it's be people are waiting for the elect vehicle, but the uh, sales of uh, diesels are way, way lower than what they were a few years ago. And my question to Rick is, I have a friend that wants to buy. He can get a pretty good deal on a used Mercedes with a diesel engine in it. I told him, don't go near it, mainly because it's out of warranty. What's what's Rick's opinion of anybody buying a used a passenger truck or car with a diesel in it? I think if you can find the maintenance history and it shows that the vehicle was properly maintained, go for it. Okay, that answers that question. John, John, I bet you're thinking about the Oldsmobile diesel when General Motors <laughs> first came out with a diesel. And uh, you, I, you would, you're old enough to remember that. And uh, it almost put Oldsmobile out of business. 
Uh, they, uh, General Motors Diesel, when they came out with it, was just a piece of junk, and uh, they were they would blow the engines were blowing up faster than they could build the cars. And uh, we had a dealership in uh, Palm Beach County, Clark Oldsmobile, going way back, and they were the number one diesel seller of uh, Oldsmobiles. In fact, diesels in the country almost put them out of business. Here's the here's the funny thing, and I you know as a car dealer, uh, I appreciated this very much. General Motors Acceptance Corporation finances cars for General Motors dealers. They used to. They don't have General Motors Acceptance Corporation doing that anymore. They changed their name to Ally and long story. But General Motors Acceptance Corporation, the financing arm for General Motors, refused to finance someone that bought an Oldsmobile diesel. Now you can, if you think I'm lying, you can look it up, but they actually would not finance a diesel. Pontiac had diesels too, and they would not finance a diesel because they knew the engine was going to blow up. So General Motors is building diesel cars, selling them to customers, and General Motors Acceptance Corporation won't finance it <laughs> because it's a piece of junk. True story. My I friend had one of those diesels in an Oldsmobile, uh-huh. and it was such a headache, they actually had no charge converted it back to a gas engine. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and by the way, in that 80s, I think it was 85, it was actually standard on one of the models of Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And it was nothing but a revamped gasoline engine, which was just a nightmare and just a disgrace to General Motors for even trying an attempt like that. On John, a John, I got one more old, uh, old war story. I get, you get me wound up on these. Uh, Back in the day, I was back in the 70s when I was evil and I, I was the master of deceptive advertising <laughs> uh, and I had the Pontiac dealership and uh, my competition was Oldsmobile and uh, the word broke out about how terrible these General Motors diesels were and these poor people that bought the, the uh, General Motors diesels, Olds and Pontiac, uh, they were going from place to place to try to get out of it before the engine blew up and they were worth nothing. I mean, you had a diesel. It was like the plague. Don't don't talk to me. You know, t- just I don't I don't want that car as a train-in. So one of my most successful advertisements in the Palm Beach Post, I run top dollar paid for any diesel engine trade-ins, and I did that just to give them in. And by the time they came in, when I didn't give them anything for the trade-in, they were so beat to death because they'd been to everybody else, they'd say, oh, I give up. I'll take anything you give me. <laughs> yeah, I'll take anything you give me, and they would buy the Pontiac. So there's another confession of oh, a recovered boy. car dealer. Sounds like our mystery. Do you today. also <laughs> notice today I get gas at racetrack or wow, wow, and they have, on the end, they have the pump for diesel. Uh-huh. I have never seen a passenger car gas, you know, dieseling up on those stations. So <laughs> there are not many of them on the road. Well, today, the, the, today you know, I don't want to paint them all. Back in the day, they were junk. Today, a diesel is a good engine. I mean, they've had marine diesel engines. Uh, I've got a diesel engine in my boat. You know, they last forever. You take care of them. Uh, but uh, that uh, back then, General Motors just didn't know how to build them. So, anyway. I agree. Thank you. Thank you, John. Okay. John, it was great talking to you. We're going to go back to Josh. All right. I got a text here. This person says, I bought a new Tacoma from a dealer in Miami and was only given one key. I was told this was because of the chip shortage and that I'll be getting my second key soon. Is this BS or the real deal? 
It's the real deal. I didn't know that. Is that? Is that yeah, and I've, I've encountered uh, two of these uh, yeah. occasions here. So apparently, and it's not every single Tacoma, but in the last couple of months, uh, they started shipping out a handful of trucks here and there with one key and a letter saying, we'll, we'll mail you your second key as soon as the part is available. Well, what if you lose your first key? Then you are on the side of the road out of luck. Are you serious? I'm serious. Well, what if I buy a Tacoma? Don't I get one key with it? Yeah, you're supposed to get two keys. Yeah, I know. But there's, they were shipping these brand new Tacomas out to some customers, and they'd only get one key and then a letter promising their second key um, within a month or so. So I, I buy a new Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only give me one key. I lose that key, and i got to park my Tacoma until they give me another key. I suppose you could probably pay for a key somewhere. I want to, you lawyers out there, <laughs> attention attorneys. There's one for you, class action suit against Toyota. All the people you're screwing on the keys. Okay. I thought you were against attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> that one was pretty funny. Okay. And we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back to the phones. Okay. And uh, Frank is a regular caller. He's calling us from Jupiter Farms. Good morning, Frank. Well, good morning, Nancy and Earl, and all the rest of the gang. Actually, welcome. Um, yeah, thank you. Actually, today I am in, up in Middleton, Connecticut, and Ooh. I have a mystery shopping report for you. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I took it upon myself to go to the local Toyota dealer with my um, fiance, Amory, and look at purchasing a new car. Um, we're not allowed. They um, will not sell a non-resident a new car up here. You have to be a resident and prove it with your um, driver's license. Um, title to your house, something like that. No wow. Toyotas sold to out of towners. I imagine so that's like, because of the inventory situation. They're saying it is. I sent you guys a few pictures on the cell number. I think their total inventory is about twelve cars at this dealership. Um, it's, it's amazing, and they would sell me a used um, Rav Four if you sell the paper I sent in for about forty-two thousand. That has seven thousand miles on it. I thought it was a little bit high. Uh, that sounds a lot high, actually. Yeah, yeah I'm looking I, at these pictures now, Frank. It's a it's a ghost town there. That is crazy. He's he sent these photographs of a completely empty parking lot in front of a brand new Toyota store. Hmm. It, it, it's amazing. They're nice people. I, I spoke to a gentleman. They're one of the salespeople, um, Corey. I mean, when we walked in, it was like you know, twelve guys all looking like wolves with their eyes gleaming and going, wow, we got a customer. <laughs> but, um, no Too bad you're but, from um, out of town. Yeah, well, I, I mentioned they, they sold a tan and I didn't look like you know, one of the normal normal people there that's kind of like so tanned. <laughs> but um, in any event, the dealer fees are four ninety five. There's nothing to get around that. And um, it, was a, it was a pleasant experience. Oh, are you thirsty? You go. Yes, we have water. We have coffee. Come over here. Vending machines, two dollar bottle of water, no free water. I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's a unique experience. It's a unique experience to say the least. But um, yeah, and uh, they were they were nice enough people. But I just thought I I mentioned how how it is up here. And although the Nissan dealer about a mile down the street had probably a hundred cars, so but um, that'll tell you a little bit about the Nissan's problems. If a car dealer's got 100 cars, there's something wrong today. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, oh, he's, I he's have <laughs> like a quarter mile length of new cars, but yeah, the Toyota only had a few used cars, or a lot of used cars, but yeah. no, no new ones. But anyway, um, yeah, that's about it. I'll let you guys get going, and uh, 
Well, I was up here though, but I, I did mention I, I sent to your dad um, uh, a picture of Bob Nichols. Do you remember him from the Channel Twelve News days? Bob Nichols. Oh yeah, right, Frank. Yeah, uh, I, I I didn't even recognize him to be honest with you. I posted it on Bob Nichols' uh, Facebook page, and uh, he didn't. He hasn't answered yet, but yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, he was talking about your Pontiac dealership with his brother Doug, and it was yeah. just, as yeah. always, we bring up Earl Stewart's name. If they're not a dealer, they're they got a lot of nice things to say. Yeah, <laughs> get mystery stuff, don't be quite so so nice, but that's okay. Anyway, but um, it's been fun up here in Iverson, and you guys, especially seeing the Toyota dealership with you know, you have a nice day. I'll let you get Thanks. back to the other people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Uh, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Ladies, don't forget, $50. Still (laughs) on the line today. I just reduced it. $50 (laughs) for the first two lady callers. (laughs) Going once, going twice. (laughs) Now back to Josh. (laughs) All right. Here's one for Rick. I have a 2018. You better take notes. It's a long one. I have a 2018 Ford Escape with 44,000 miles. I went to change the spark plugs. This is the first change. Three of them came right out with zero issues. The last one would not move. I sprayed penetrating oil and slowly worked it for over two hours. Finally, it came loose. To my horror, the top half of the spark spark plug came out. The threads are still inside and stuck. Hmm. If you look at the spark plug hole, it looks just like a hole. However, the threads from the spark plug are still there on the sides. Is it possible this was a cross? This was cross-threaded from the factory. What are my options? Will the dealership charge me an arm and a leg? I don't know much about cars, but this doesn't sound good. This sounds very, very, very bad. Um, obviously, this would have to be an issue from the factory because first time changing the plugs. But the fact that that one was jammed in there so solid, mm-hmm. and the way it you've just it's been described. It sounds like the cylinder head is going to have to be removed from the vehicle in order to have that those threads recut to get it properly reformed if it can be saved at all. Wow. Um, Big bucks. What would that cost? Thousands. 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 This because is a 2018 with only 44,000 miles. Right. If it's a factory defect, which you say it might be, would this be under the power I, the, my first step, really, for me is I would be going, like Earl says, I'd be going right to the service manager at your local Ford dealer, wherever you bought it, and I'd be saying, hey, you know, take a bunch of pictures first. Mm-hmm. Pictures, video, show them what's going on first. Go in there and say, hey, look, you know, all I was trying to do was get a spark plug out, and this happened. What can you do for me? And we'll start working with them there and work your way up the ladder till you get some assistance on this and then get the vehicle towed in there to have it repaired because obviously it's undrivable. Mm. I mean, you can't drive with that thing blowing compression power right out through the hole there. Um, what's, yeah, the, what's the lesson here? If you, if, you don't, if you can't get that plug out, don't keep trying after an hour and a half? <laughs> it, if it were me, if it didn't move, yeah. if, if I'm doing a job but on the side, not as a, as a mechanic at a dealership, yeah. if I'm working on the side, I'm doing a job, and it doesn't move, I'm going to stop. And I'm going to say, no, This take this to the dealership mm-hmm. simply because if the dealership mechanic breaks it, then the dealership is responsible for getting warranty involved. And you sit back and munch on some popcorn while they do all the battle 
and get that cylinder head replaced. Yeah, DIY one thing, but you gotta know when to hold them and know right, when to hold them. exactly. <laughs> know when to walk away. I, I knew that would inspire a sing along. <laughs> Kenny Rogers, are you listening? All right, <clears throat> got another one here. I'll just keep rolling. There's a clunking noise in the rear of my Yukon Denali. Well, duh, right? We're hearing a lot of clunks. <laughs> yeah, chugging and clugging. And <laughs> All right, but listen to this. Uh, so far, I've replaced the shocks, the compressor, oh. the sway bar bushings and links, spring insulators, pan hard bar. I've checked the brakes, the rear window and latch, both rear seats, check the lug nuts, hitch and cover. Oh, I've Lord. crawled under and lubed every moving point. I've zip tied the three aluminum lines <laughs> that, under, that run underneath from front to back. It's driving me bonkers. Please help. I don't think there's a part left on that car. No. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> oh. um, any, any ideas? My first thought. I'd right say earplugs you know, to block the noise. Yeah, actually, I, I would actually have somebody sit back there in the back of the vehicle and drive a little bit, you know, go to an open parking lot, somewhere, somewhere quiet. Mm-hmm. And have someone sit back there and try to narrow down where that noise is coming from. Um, I've actually seen some weird stuff where, even from the factory, something is dropped in the frame of a vehicle down in the body. Would and that it be a, dis- a disgruntled uh, auto worker? And more just maybe an accident. <laughs> something, you know, somebody dropped a socket. Yeah. Uh, now, I, there, there was an old story of a car that every time they went around a corner, they'd hear a, a, like a blub, 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 blub noise. And they finally found a glass soda bottle in a frame panel and a note inside saying, I bet you had a hard time finding this, didn't you? <laughs> that's so, a, that should be a capital offense. Yeah, right that's, um, yeah, that's that one. If you're seriously that you have to keep that vehicle and it's bugging you that bad, you're going to need to get some assistance to try to figure out, narrow that down. And you might consider looking into uh, if you can rent or maybe purchase a set of what are known as chassis ears. These are little boxes that clamp on to various components mm-hmm. and then they send a radio signal picking up vibrations and noises and they'll send it to a base station that you're holding with headphones and it will tell you which one of those sensors is getting the loudest sound to help you narrow down to the area where that noise is coming from. Chassis ears. Chassis ears. C-H-A- SSIS, chassis, like the chassis of the car, and in ears, like on the side of your head. Imagine that. I know, I know, hunting down noises, squeaks, rattles is probably one of those <sighs> difficult things for you to do. Hate them. Especially it can be so crisp. And how's your hearing? Are you, do you have good hearing? It's, it's gone down <laughs> over the years, but I have, I have seen cases where a noise that sounds like it's down in your, by your feet was being caused by a roof rail on the roof rack. Being loose <laughs> reminds me of like when you're uh, you have a smoke detector in your house that's going low on batteries and you're oh trying God. to chase down the beep. Uh huh. <laughs> you and back it into a corner and then it's forty feet behind you all of a sudden. Yeah, and, and it's the one your kid hid in the college. Hid in the well, you can the, shed some uh, light on that. <laughs> that drove you crazy. All right. <laughs> we're going to go back to the phones, Josh, and we're going to talk to Bill, who's calling from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Morning. It's been a long time. Thank you for I waiting. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I'm also an old-time car dealer. To give you, a, I used to work for Miller Dodge in Delray. I'll be darned. 
How long ago was that, Bill? <laughs> you want to talk about a tiny dealership? If we would do 15 cars a month, everybody was happy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but those were days. Is, with all these new electric cars, I have a pacemaker, and I'm 100% pacemaker dependent. My pacemaker stops, so do I. Has anybody ran any tests or any information on if it's safe for pacemaker patients to drive those? Yes, they, they have checked. That's one of the areas that they have checked over and over again and nobody's found any sort of interference that might affect a pacemaker. I think we have a little Feedback. echo chamber here. You still there, Bill? You still there, Bill? You still there, Bill? You just have to turn your radio, turn your radio off. Yeah, no? that's probably it. Bill, I think you got your radio on. Nancy says, uh, can you turn it down or turn it off? I think we, we might have lost Bill. Yeah, I hope uh, not permanently. Bill, give us a call oh. back if you uh, if you get a chance. We'd, we'd like to talk to I, you. I, I couldn't help myself. Oh, I, that, that was a little hanging fruit there. Uh. You're there, Bill? Oh, I thought I heard Bill. Okay, let's move along. Bill, call back in. We're sorry we dropped the call. And uh, Nancy will red flag it as soon as you call back in. We apologize for that. We had some technical problems here. Okay, let's get back. Uh, we got a YouTube over here. Actually, here's a really good one, Earl. Uh, does Earl Stewart Toyota take electronic checks for buying a car? And that's from Robert. And then Kit Kat says, good question. Can I send my family member to your dealership, have them pick out a car, and then have my credit union wire transfer the money to pay for it? Absolutely. We take anything. We take uh, cattle. We take trees, we take <laughs> gold bullion, Bitcoin, we take uh, wire funds. Goats. Yeah, you'll find that most all car dealerships will accept wired funds today. I had a customer one time offer to trade diamonds for a car. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And one from Charles, he says, good morning, please help. Uh, first time car buyer, best value for my dollars, Subaru Forester 2017 to 2021, New or used with about 40,000 miles. Which one would you pick, Earl? You know, today I wouldn't pick either one. I might wait about two months and get a, save a couple thousand dollars on either one. Uh, I would, uh, I've always thought a good used car is a better value than a new car. So uh, all things being equal, I would, I would take a well-cared-for, well-checked-over, um, maybe certified manufacturer, certified used car over the new car. But wait, wait uh, until the fourth quarter of this year. November, October, November, December, uh, you'll save a lot of money on that Subaru, used or new, and any other car you want to buy. Earl, what do you think? Uh, you talked about saving money. How big of a savings are you talking about in October, November, December? It depends on the car. It depends on uh, the, uh, the individual car, the manufacturer. Uh, I use I, I say two or three thousand dollars as a round number. You could probably say five or six thousand dollars sometimes, and yeah. maybe only a thousand. Yeah. But uh, average two or three thousand dollars. It's going to be pretty significant because yeah. by then, uh, will the microchip shortage be over? 
Uh, I, I think it, it'll be um, 98% over. I mean, it's spotty. Uh, when the microchip shortage ends, it won't be worldwide universal for all products. Yeah. And uh, it'll be, but for all intents and purposes, cars will be plentiful in the fourth quarter. So of the year. inventory is going to increase. Yeah. Well, that's that's something to look forward to for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I, right, I got a uh, got a feedback here. I just got a phone call. Oh, we can oh. go to the phones. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Josh. Uh, we're going to go to John, who's calling from West Palm Beach. Good morning, John. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Re- thank you, repeat caller. But I first want to start off that I've called several times, and sometimes I may say the same story over again that I forgot I'd done. If I ever do that, just let me know, and I'll stop. <laughs> but anyways, that's <laughs> the. Uh, as far as noises in the car and that, I used to work for Ford Motor Company in Wixom, putting the Lincolns together back in 79. And we had to go to training because we were we, we had to be trained that we have to be careful what we do around those brand-new cars going down the line because a lot of uh, Lincolns were going back to the dealership because of a rattling noise which they couldn't find. Well, what had occurred was one of the guys on the line that was installing something on the door. He was drinking uh, beer and he was throwing his beer cans in the door before the plastic cover went on and the <laughs> door panel. <laughs> and so the you know they took it to the dealership and you know you know the people that were buying the car said yeah there's this rattling we don't know what it is and it was you know it was very faint because it was it was stuck down in there and uh, finally they had to track all the way back to the factory to figure out you know what was happening. Uh, but here's my question for Rick. 1999 LS400, the V8, uh, my son's car, it's gone into limp mode, and he went ahead and had the ECU uh, rebuilt, uh, redone, and it didn't fix the problem. What are some other things that he can uh, work? The next thing we're doing is the uh, fuel pump, and we're going to have to take a look at that. And... uh, but what are some other things other than the ECU and the fuel pump that we can run through to get it out of limp mode? It'd be a shorter list to tell you what does it. Um, are you, do you have any trouble codes showing up from the computer? Um, yeah, but they're in Japanese. <laughs> uh, if, if for some, uh, they, because we're talking about his 1999 Celsior. Send it to Akio Toyota for Japan. translation. Nancy has his card. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, at that old. point, I would have to recommend you to Google Translate. But now, would, first thing you need to do is find out what trouble codes the computer is seeing, and then get into the data list. Well, on I, 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 I got to back up to this in, in Japanese. You're telling me you've got your son's got a Lexus LS 400. What year is it? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. And, there, and when you put it on the uh, put it on the machine uh, to, to to you know the uh, compute to read to read and diagnose the, the problems with the check engine light or whatever, it comes out in Japanese. No, uh, Rick, you saw the car. Earl, you were there. Told him bring it in, and you weren't there. It's oh. the nineteen ninety nine Celsior. From Japan, right hand drive. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking it was a. I thought LS four hundred too. Yeah, yeah LS four hundred. Yeah. But, but they're the same. They're the same engine. So oh, everything I we see. do, we just okay. go to the LS four hundred. Okay. And that, but uh, so um, 
but the, the codes read out in Japanese. Is it a right-hand uh, drive? Wow. Do we have any it Japanese speaking right uh, yeah. technique? Oh, cool. We don't. <laughs> we don't. But you, you featured the car on your website in the video. You took video of it. Here's what I, Google, I got it. Google Translate. That's right. Yeah. All, you, all you need to do is take a picture of a Japanese diagnosis and put it into Google Translate and yeah. tell you exactly what's wrong. Yeah, use your phone. It does it in real time. It's, a, it's like yeah. magic. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have him do that. Hopefully he doesn't say you're, yeah. out, of, you're out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say luck? John, it was great hearing from you. <laughs> all right. Very good. Thanks Don't be calling. a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you later. I'm out of control. Oh, John's ha John had some fun. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> we, we've had to hit the uh, sensor button on Earl a few times here. Oh, boy. Okay, we're going to go back to Josh. All right, this one's for you, Dad. Uh, Keep it clean. Yeah, let's, this, this is a softball. You can, I think you can, you can answer this one Poor without, Rick, without offending leaving. a big so segment of the population. Uh, Maybe. Earl, have you ever ha actually had to go to an automotive dealership and buy a car on your own? You know, I haven't. I really, uh, I, you know, my father uh, had a Pontiac dealership when I was a kid, and uh, I grew up with that advantage. So I never, I've, uh, you know, I've never had to buy a car. I bought cars, but uh, never, you know, in and a normal walked fashion. Walked in the door and had to yeah. go through the whole process. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm driving a Lexus now, and I bought that at JM Lexus mm -hmm. in Fort Lauderdale. But, but it's, uh, it's because I don't have a Lexus franchise. But yeah, very lucky guy. Yeah. Yeah, very lucky. Comes the family perk. Yep. All yeah. right. I've bought a car. And how did that go? <laughs> but they want to know about Earl. <laughs> Would it be a Barracuda by We're chance? not going to hear the Barracuda story, are we? <laughs> oh, boy. You know what's funny? Uh, I've never actually heard this story, but apparently it was told many, many times, I'm thinking. Definitely. Many. Well, That's putting it mildly. The best stories are often retold. <laughs> I'm telling and you. Refined and polished. Uh, okay, we are going to go to uh, Robert. Robert, are you there? Yes. Good oh. How are you? Oh, we're we're great. Welcome. Robert's calling us from West Palm Beach. What can we do for you? Yeah, I, was, I was calling in from uh, actually it's from last week's conversation about electric cars. Okay. And I just wanted to make some some points on that. Like you know, in California, when they're having those uh, wildfires, that they cut electricity to people's houses, they're unable to charge their cars, and, and they have to evacuate. They can't. And the same thing with South Florida, like with major hurricanes, a lot of people lose power, and we don't have power for a few days. So, you know, how are you going to get out or drive your car or charge it? But at least with gasoline, you know, people have gas cans. You can hoard gas, and, you know, you can get out. But this, I think that's a major problem with electric cars. Robert Yellen, you know, I, mean, I, would, I would beg to differ on that. I think you're better off if you've got a good electric car during a hurricane than if you have a gasoline car. It's harder to get gas for your car uh, uh, during a hurricane because everybody sucks up all the gas. And and a whole week before the hurricane gets there, yeah, there's you can't gas get, lines. And you can't get gas. Now, if you've got a if you've got a, a electric vehicle with 400, uh, you know, range of 400, uh, you got 400 miles on your battery and you can use it when you want to. So Your gas station's in your house. You plug it right in? Yeah, if you can get power in the house. Yeah, so. I... I understand what you're saying, but I was also watching, you know, it was last year's wildfires uh, in California where they were actually showing that people could not evacuate their houses because uh, yeah. their cars were dead. Yeah. You know, the only thing, if they had a gas car, they were able to get out. I mean, that's, mm. that's the only thing, you know, negative thing I was 
yeah. wanted to bring up about electric cars. I'm sure they're much better for the environment and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. But, uh, that's a good point. That's really what I wanted to tell you. That's all. Well, it's good, a good observation. You yeah. You guys have some good information. I always listen to you guys every Saturday. So, yeah. thank you for what you guys are doing. Appreciate oh, thank you yeah. from yeah, all right. of us, Robert. Yeah, right. The, right. the answer is Robert. You have one gasoline car and one electric car. There you go. That way, yeah, you know. that's right. And and have a horse. Have to do. Keep yeah. a horse, an electric car, <laughs> a gas car. Cover your bases. <laughs> You're right. Robert. Oh boy, <laughs> we're out of control. Have a great day. I appreciate. It. <laughs> I'm sure there's all big right. uh, hay and oat lines before a hurricane gets here for all the horse owners. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Robert. Take care. Glad we could humor you, Robert. (laughs) Thank you so much. 877-960-9960. We uh, shortly have our mystery shopping report coming up. It is uh, from Vero Beach Toyota. And uh, we're going to go back to Josh. And he's got some text messages and And your anonymous feedback. All sorts of stuff here. Hi, I'm looking into buying a Mercedes E-Class with low miles on it. The Carfax says it was a corporate-owned vehicle. Should I be worried about this? Uh, no, I, actually, you know, rental cars used to have a bad rap. Uh, police cars. Uh, the funny thing is, with the, uh, uh, if you maintain a car, it's it's fine. And I know rental companies today maintain their cars probably better than the average owner. Uh, they want to maximize the uh, return on their investment and have their cars last as long as possible. So, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't hesitate to buy a corporate car. It depends on the corporation. I mean, if you had a, if it was a, a solid corporation like a General, a General Motors, like an Apple, or you know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. If it's just ABC, you don't know who they are. Then it's more of an individual uh, issue. But yeah, I. I just had the car checked out by a mechanic. Who, who owned it is almost immaterial. You know, a little old lady owning a car can be worse than uh, a corporation because maybe the little old lady never, never brought it in for, yeah. for maintenance. And uh, I, I just, I, I'm politically incorrect again. You can't call them little old ladies, little old men. <laughs> little well, old There person. I go. I got, I'm getting myself in trouble. Rick. We're going to tie you up. One, one big advantage now is... I'm already gagged. <laughs> uh, maintenance records are all online so you can basically just take the vin number call, call up the local service department for mercedes and say hey can you tell me yeah you know exactly. uh, yeah was this maintained properly yeah, it's right there on carfax too yeah very good point there you go all right we got another one here um this one's for rick i had the oil filter housing assembly replaced my 2014 jeep grand Turkey. um this was due to oil leaking for months friday morning and today there were some oil drops on the garage floor do I need to take the Jeep back to the mechanic to diagnose? Could these drops just be overflow or residue from the repair? Get back there. Run. Now. <laughs> All right. A short answer, but a very uh, emphatic answer. An, o- an oil filter housing like that, when they replace it, what should have been done, the proper repairs, you make sure everything's solid, and you take some brake clean, and you wash it all down with brake clean that, that basically this chemical washes all the oil off and leaves everything spotless and dry as a bone, so that you can then run the car for a while, look at it, and make sure that nothing's leaking to make sure all the parts and everything was assembled properly. Mm-hmm. If you've got a leak afterwards, go back there now and say, whoa, I just paid to have this done. Why is it still leaking? Take some pictures of the leak of the puddle on the floor, too. Absolutely. That way there's no argument. 
and they should pay to clean your driveway. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy, isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. Can't remove that. Yeah, the wonderful thing about the digital age, everybody's got a smartphone. Take pictures of everything. I mean, you you know, take pictures, do audio, use the technology that you have when you're a car dealership. Uh, pictures are you know a thousand words, cliche, and uh, audio, audio. You can really, really get a. Uh, and the nice thing about it, the diagnosis is now on record. They know you have it yep. on your phone. So it isn't a descriptive issue. Yeah. We, we had a customer one time with a car that just, it's, every time he came in, the noise wouldn't happen. Yeah. He brought us a video when it happened first thing in the morning, and myself and the other master tech in the shop, we looked at it and listened. It's like, oh, we know exactly what that is. It yeah. just, by the sound, he, unfortunately, the fellow just wasn't describing it well, but yeah. once we saw the video, boom, we had it diagnosed immediately. That should be in the owner's manual of every automobile. If you have a problem, uh, record the audio and or video uh, because intermittent problems are the worst things in the world. Drives Rick crazy, uh, drives everybody crazy, drives the customers crazy. Yep. It's like going to a doctor, you know. Uh, when you go in there, suddenly whatever is wrong doesn't hurt anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, cars are the same way. They won't click, they won't uh, rattle. When you go into the dealership, when you go home, they start again. So record it, video it. Pictures, boy, they're they're really worth the weight in gold uh, for so many reasons. I mean, look at uh, turning in your lease. You know how long possibly your car could sit on the lot? Take pictures of your vehicle and any damage or anything at all. It's really very worthwhile. We're going to go back to the phones where Bill's waiting. Uh, He's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Thank you. My phone got messed up. Oh, we were worried about you, Bill. I'm glad you're okay. It's great to hear from you, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> it was my phone. It wasn't my pacemaker. Oh, thank God. But, but I missed the answer on electric cars with pacemakers. Rick said, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, okay. uh, they're, they, they've done extensive testing. Uh, uh, Bill, uh, let me tell you this about manufacturers. The one thing they can't afford to do is have something dangerous in a car driven semi cars been told to because the lawyers would own General Motors or own Honda uh, if they put a car out that had radiation that would affect your pacemaker uh, uh, they, they, it would no longer be it would no longer be owned by the you know the manufacturer so you're perfectly safe with that pacemaker in a modern car I don't know about you know antique cars but the modern cars they would be perfectly safe uh, I know the modern just the electric cars have been a bit concerned. Mm-hmm. I remember when the uh, when smart keys first came out, there was some concern about smart keys yep. in uh, in pacemakers, and pr- practically every car on the road now has a smart key. So I, I don't think it's an issue. But no. All right. Okay, but to give you an idea how far back in the car business I go, do you remember the old uh, Florida Chrysler Plymouth AMC Jeep Renault? Oh sure, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that, that's my yeah. Renault. Bob Quillo. <laughs> Renault. I was Bob Quillo and uh, Roger Dean. Yeah, Bob Quillo. I I uh, I knew him well, and uh, we used to uh, be competitors. And uh, back uh, yeah. back in the old days, John Salupi, Bill Chamberlain, Bob Quillo. I worked with John also. Oh, is that right? Wow. So you uh. 
long you knew, time. You knew some real interesting guys. They were, that was uh, oh, yeah. very colorful back in those days. A lot of things we, we'll have to talk about, but off the air. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> off the record. He, he knew the Cowboys. <laughs> Wise guys. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. thank you, Bill. I'm uh, glad you're okay and come back in again. I'll try to call back next week. Thanks. Oh, that'd be All great. Right. Thank you very much. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, the phone lines are frozen, and that leaves uh, Josh and Rick wide open for YouTubes and uh, for texting. And I do have one from KitKat here that says, does Josh prefer an electric or gas-powered car? Uh, well, the old Josh preferred electric. I, I used to be a Prius driver, and now, now I'm a forerunner. Four hundred drivers. Uh, so. He's a but I'll tell you what, though, you know, my driving my brother's Tesla once or twice, it's it's, it's changing my mind. Oh really? Oh, are you? Yeah, that that acceleration you get is so smooth and so quiet. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm sometimes I'm driving antique technology. Well, I'll oh. say this as a potential one day I may have a Tesla, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, as I re look at the videos and I study the, I mean, it is so cool. But the technology is so different from a combustion engine car. Uh, I really get nervous about. I'm uh, I'm taking Nancy to uh, uh, Weston, uh, Florida uh, next week, and I said I'm not going to. If the Tesla does come in, I'm not going to drive the Tesla because uh, I would be afraid of the. Uh, you have to learn the controls. You have to have a very very thorough knowledge of a new technology mm -hmm. like a Tesla yeah. and I wouldn't feel confident on the highway until I really learned it well so if you're going to make that huge jump from combustion engine to full electric you got a lot of uh, learning and understanding to do. Yeah, it's, it's not just the uh, the drivetrain because there's a lot of toys a lot of gadgets the instrumentation is all different so yeah. you got to make sure that that you're comfortable with that before you take it to a, a strange place, especially Josh, was there especially Weston. <laughs> was there really a big difference between you know? I think you're driving a Forerunner, mm -hmm. and then driving the um, Tesla. That's was night it? and day, night and day. The, oh. the the smooth, quick, quiet acceleration of that electric vehicle is is is, is really a sensation. Oh. Yeah, I think once once people, it's, it, it's once they get hold and more people start letting their friends drive it, it's just going to take off. It's it's, yeah. it's something else. Oh. All right, I got a feedback here. This one's, uh, I don't know if they're serious or not. Uh, the AC in my car broke and the shop wants almost $2,000 to fix it. Hmm. This might sound crazy, but why can't I just buy a portable AC unit on Amazon for a few hundred bucks? I guess they're referring to those uh, little stand-up R2-D2 <laughs> looking things you put in your house. Um, I, Rick, you want to handle this one? <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, love it. I love it when people think out of the box. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, two thousand dollars versus two hundred. Yeah, you could buy one for two hundred. You'd have to get the converter and you have the AC, and then uh, <laughs> it's, and you're gonna have a. It's gonna be sitting in your lap when you're driving. No, you, I'm you, only you strap it in the back seat <laughs> with a shoulder belt. I've actually seen plenty of photos on the internet of a car driving down a road with a window AC unit, <laughs> really duct taped into the one of the rear windows, okay. so the unit's hanging a couple feet out from the side of the car oh. so and it's not as crazy as it sounds and, and you have the condensate line and it's a source of fresh drinking water for you it's it's called redneck engineering and it's been done okay now rick wants to offend some of the population here <laughs> he doesn't want earl to get well the, no proper the red, proper redneck engineering it would be going through the back window onto the truck box in your pickup 
There you go. The old Ford F-150. <laughs> you can do that because you're part right now anyway, and you drive a truck, and you do all that kind of stuff. I am. Yeah. Okay. I'm an old country boy from way back. Yes, you are. I got a, a text just popped in here, and this guy's asking for help. Help. When talking about waiting for the fourth quarter to buy a new car, are you referring to 21s, 22s? Won't the 2022s be coming out in the fall? Uh, and that you're absolutely right. I am referring to 2022s, uh, but 2021s also. I always recommend that when you have both models on the on the road or on the showrooms, that you buy the current model. You pay more for the current model than you do the uh, the last year's model, but it more than is compensated for by your gain and not having that instant depreciation or as much instant depreciation you, know, you buy you buy a 2021 car in December uh, and you drive that car for three years it's going to be a four-year-old car uh, instead of a uh, you know a three-year-old car mm -hmm. so you 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 save you got to negotiate and you've got to use true car and Costco and all the other tools that you get on the show get the best deal you can on the 2022 the best deal you can on the 2021 by the 2022 you might not have a choice either because yeah. most of the 21s are already like sold practically so. good point so it's a good question and uh, it's a strange yeah. time to be in I uh, I have a couple more or do you want to jump to the mystery shopping report no I think we got time let's go ahead okay I went to put my 2020 Honda Pilot in the driveway, closed the driver's side door, and the rear window exploded. The vehicle has less than 3,500 miles parked on the street. Wow. What do you think happened there? What vehicle was that? It was a 2020 brand new or almost brand new Honda Pilot. Wow. wow. Ever heard of that one? Huh. That had to be a stress crack in the glass. Had to be a, a stress fracture. Yeah. Well, I think that's a fluke. Um, I don't think there's anything you can do to avoid that. It's a one in a million shot. Uh, right. With, with um, the, 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 literally, I don't, it, it cracked. I mean, I you imagine can't, it's spider well, webbed, you know. Right, but remember, side windows on, on some cars are laminated to where there's a plastic coating on the inside and outside of the, of the side windows. Uh -huh. But side windows on cars traditionally are a tempered glass that is designed not to uh, break into shards, but to crumble into all those little tiny little uh, crumbles, rounded. pieces, yeah. Well, so, so that you don't could. have, you you may get some little nicks and cuts from it when it breaks, uh -huh. but you won't get like you know razored into yeah. your neck or something. Mm -hmm. So it's designed to literally break apart into multiple tiny little pieces. So yeah, if you have a when they were drilling the holes in it for the mounting points. Yeah. If something was wrong there, a small stress crack or something, and then you know, as time when that went and just slamming the door a little hard, yeah. the air pressure. What year was that? It would just twenty twenty, practically new. Yeah, I, I certainly would. Uh, again, I'd go in writing to the manufacturer, probably covered by your comprehensive insurance, I would think. Yeah. And uh, but uh, the issue would be more uh, danger to the drivers. It's a that's a pretty serious problem to have your. Uh, window explode the the insurance yep. point is is curious the i know the front windshield is covered by in florida at least uh covered with, with no deductible by your insurance company i wonder what the back windscreen oh, it should be warranty i mean you said 2021 yeah 2020 3500 yeah, miles yeah it should be definitely be covered under warranty unless they give you an argument say somebody threw a rock through it and you'd have to prove that didn't happen unfortunately but yeah, i wonder if they have any enemies like, like yeah. that'd be crazy wow <laughs> Crazy. 
All right, I got one more here. This one's kind of technical. Uh, please post the residual and money factor for the Highlander Hybrid XLE. I can text them back those those specifics later. But the uh, the last part is also curious how the residual changes for an eighteen thousand mile per year lease. Um, I can tell you at least with Toyota, um, when you go from twelve thousand to fifteen thousand, it's a two percent drop in the residual, which is equal to about fifteen to twenty bucks a month. So it's just another fifteen to twenty dollars a month to go from fifteen to eighteen thousand miles. Oh. And um, and I'll get back to this person with those uh, specifics later. Oh, there you go. Um, you know, real quick, I'm going to mention Earl's book, and uh, if you want to take a look um, inside what really goes on in the car buying and uh, the uh, service business, you want to pick yourself up a book. Uh, it's Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer, and uh, what's amazing about this is that uh, the proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch. Big Dog Ranch, and uh, can you hear me now, John? No. Okay. Uh, there we go. Big Dog Ranch, all the proceeds go right there. So uh, what a book. Um, this is something uh, of an investment, I would say, because you can refer to it all the time. Um, <laughs> 1999. <laughs> and like I said, the proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch. Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Okay. Get your copy today. Yes. <laughs> Amazon.com. We're going to go to the Mystery Shopping Report, uh, which is from Vero Beach. Uh, Vero Beach, Toyota, as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, Toyota of Vero Beach is a dealership on the rise. Historically, it's been a relatively low-volume store. It's up on the Treasure Coast. That's southeast Florida for those folks out of state. Uh, beautiful area up there, Treasure Coast, Martin County. Florida natives will know this area to be less dense sleepier part of the state, frankly a more beautiful part of the state, a far cry from the urban pressure cooker of Miami-Dade and Broward counties. But lately things have been, haven't been so sleepy, sleepy at Vero Beach Toyota. Through July, and listen to this, this is not a typo, they have nearly tripled the amount of cars sold at the same time a year ago. Tripled, now that's huge, unheard of for any car dealership. This quantum leap can be explained by two factors, inventory and lucky timing. I wanted, said I'd rather be lucky than smart. <laughs> you see, Vero Beach Toyota recently completed a major dealership renovation. This is kind of like inside stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, your dealers know about this, and it's an interesting little perk dealers have. Toyota rewards dealers who upgrade their facilities with what's called supplemental allocation. Uh, that means a lot more cars. So they say to you, look, Earl, if you'll build a new dealership for us and you'll build a Toyota sign and you'll, and you'll do exactly the way we tell you and put it exactly where we tell you, uh, we'll give you a whole bunch more cars. And uh, that'll help you pay for the cost of the building. Well, uh, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, it's, uh, in this case here, uh, it did. Um, this wouldn't be a game changer in normal times, but during an historic worldwide vehicle shortage, it's like winning the retail lottery. Pent-up demand is far outweighing supply. Customers are flocking to whomever has the cars to sell. Those extra cars are worth their weight in gold, and that's not much of an exaggeration. Car dealers are having record profit months. Auto manufacturers are having record profit months because the pandemic has brought on unprecedented demand for new and used cars 
And of course, we have an unprecedented low supply. Mm -hmm. That translates into huge prices, high prices, and huge profits. Not surprisingly, Vero Beach Toyota is looking to further capitalize on this good fortune by doing some enticing marketing on social media. A recent Facebook post of theirs caught the attention of none other than Agent Lightning. That's her female shopper. And uh, well, this is, a, this is a, a Facebook ad, and you get them, I get them. If you have a smartphone and you're on Facebook, uh, you get these. And they know who you are, where you are, what kind of car you own. It's called targeted advertising. So they knew that uh, Agent Lightning was in the market uh, for, or could be in the market for, uh, for a Toyota. So here's what it said in the ad. If you can push it, pull it, drag it, or tow it, we'll take it and give you $5,000 minimum. Not $3,000, <laughs> not $4,000, $5,000 guaranteed. No games, no gimmicks, just cold hard cash for your trade. I'm kind of getting into this. I know, you know, it's exciting. I think I used to do these commercials for real. You, might have, you might have written this yeah, one. I might have, yeah. If your trade is worth more, we'll give you $5,000 plus what your trade is worth. Look at Don't be misled or fooled by other car dealerships. Up to trade in amounts. One, only Toyota of Vero Beach pays you $5,000 minimum guaranteed during the push-pull drag tow event. Now through August 15th, get $5,000 minimum or more for your trade, regardless of condition or credit history. <laughs> tow it in. We'll pick it up and give you five thousand five thousand over and over again. I, I can't stand it. I can't I can't do it. And I gotta give you a twenty five dollar public gift certificate and it's just outrageous. And every time I hear one of these ads or read them or see them on television, I say, Who believes this stuff? You know? And before the show started, I read an email I just gotten from Nigeria. <laughs> where I was gonna get $5 million if I gave them $20,000 good faith money or something like that. Now, I laughed, we all laughed at the studio, but you know something? They sent out 5 million of those, and I'll bet you two or three people, mm -hmm. you know, uh, P.T. Barnum, there's a sucker born every minute. And people fall for these things and they come in and they buy cars, and it's so sad, that's why Earl and Cars exist, and that's why this show exists. Exactly. It's been a while since we've seen a good old-fashioned push-pull-drag tow-it-in offer. I mean, that's really old school. I mean, it's even the even the crooked dealers out there have put that on the shelf because it's they wore it out. Well, it's back. Five thousand dollar minimum trade-in uh, is simply too good to ignore. Agent Lightning had no choice but to investigate before heading into the field. She followed the advertisement's instructions and sent them a message through Facebook. She received this reply. Don't, don't say her name. <laughs> uh, I won't say her name, yeah. Agent Lightning. Good afternoon, Agent Lightning. Thank you for your interest in our huge event. I have reserved a $5,000 voucher for you. This event is going on now for a week. Are you available to come in Friday, or Saturday, or Sunday? What time works best for you? Additionally, you'll receive a $25 Target or Publix gift card after a test drive. Our sales managers have been putting together some amazing deals this week, and the sale this weekend is one of our biggest ones of the year. Please let me know. Thanks. Kathy, name of the salesperson. 
The $5,000 voucher was reserved and the $25 gift card was promised. The stage was set. Time for Agent Lightning to head out on her mission. I'm having a little problem turning the pages here because I can't lick my fingers because i got my <laughs> mask on. Here's a report. I arrived at the dealership in the mid-morning and was greeted by a young salesman named Zach. I showed him the Facebook message and explained I was here for the $5,000 voucher and the gift card, etc. He brought me to his desk, went through the standard ritual of gathering my personal information. He then asked what vehicle I was interested in and what payment. What payment I'd like. They always want to know the payment because... Uh, it gives them a lot of flexibility to jack the price up with the payment. Mm-hmm. If they give you a price, it's, kind of, it's hard to fool around. With the payments, you can fool around a lot. I said I wanted a top-of-the-line Highlander, and I tried to explain that the monthly payment didn't matter to me as much as the out-the-door price. I also repeated my request to get my $5,000 trade-in voucher. He took a few minutes to explain to me, you gotta, you got to sit down for this one. You're, he took a few minutes to explain to me that the discount voucher is technically a way to drive business in the door. <laughs> in other words, <laughs> they just we're, admit we're, it. we're lying to you. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> we, it you worked. You're here. You, you didn't think, yeah, it worked. You didn't think we really meant it, did you? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And I made a little notation when I was reading this uh, this morning. Uh, confrontation. People, human beings, don't like confrontation. And you go into a, you know, you're going to a place and you're uh, doing this kind of business. You don't want to get into a fight with uh, the guy or the girl that is is uh, trying to sell you something. But that, and apparently, this works for a lot of people. You just say to the person, you look them in the eye, and say, "No, that's not really. We just did that to get you to come in the door." You defuse the bomb before it goes off. Uh, and so, uh, and. So he goes on to say, he says, to drive business the door while offering the customer substantial savings, where in the end everyone wins. <laughs> we lie to you. You come in, you buy the car, and everyone wins. I something wrong with that picture. And then Agent Lightning nodded, and she said she was un- unsure of what to say. I mean, I would be too. Huh. How do you respond to that? The only thing you could say is, are you serious? Yeah. You say, you're admitting you lied to me? And then you have a confrontation. And human beings, most people, we have, we have people that like confrontation, and, but most people don't. He then asked about the vehicle I planned to trade in for the $5,000 voucher. I smiled, handed over the registration to my 2007 Hyundai with 200,000 miles. <laughs> now there's a, well, how, how old is that? That's a, 14, 15 years old. 14 year Definitely old Definitely not worth $5,000. He then asked me to sign the paper stating that I'm going to buy the day. Now that's that's real old school. Mm-hmm. Sign this that you're going to buy the day. Who in their right mind would go into any place of business and sign a paper or contract that you're going to buy today when you don't, haven't even seen the car yet? <laughs> you know what's frightening? There are a few people that yeah, would. Yeah, yeah. There's Nigeria. so much going on today in the auto industry yeah. that you just have to step back and ask yourself, is this really the 21st you know what century? We should, do? we should shop a car dealership in Nigeria. Because we're talking cowboys. Yeah. In reply, I asked, where is this so-called voucher that was promised me on Facebook Messenger? I told him, I don't feel comfortable signing anything without getting something uh, 
showing I'm going to get the $5,000 trade-in voucher and gift card that was you promised me. Zach pushed me harder to sign the paper. I'm not budging. Agent Lightning, no. Mm -hmm. I want to say it in writing first. And like Nancy just said, uh, sadly, some people don't want to see it in writing first. Some people get intimidated. Uh, some people just don't want the confrontation. So mm -hmm. that's the way uh, these high-pressure uh, dealers make a lot of money. In a lot of cases, yeah. this, this is the favorite line whenever someone asks you, you know, the person will come back, really, this happens. Yeah. Are you sure it's okay? Oh, definitely, go ahead and sign that. Yeah. Uh, so now Zach is showing frustration and says the vouchers are here to help us sell cars. <laughs> and the ultimate no. goal is to sell you a car today. Again, he confesses to uh, deception. I said, believe me, I, I want that as well, but I don't feel comfortable signing that paper. I said, maybe g give me a paper for your sales manager to sign stating I'm getting my $5,000 trade-in and my $25 Publix or Target card. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, and... Agent Lightning is one out of a thousand that is, you know, is, is got that kind of a, a moxie, a test drive. Uh, he laughed, said that every single customer signs this paper. I believe that, right? Yeah. Every single customer trying to really continue to intimidate her, and then he excused himself and went for a sales manager, Tyler. So we got Zach and Tyler, totally of Vero Beach. Surprisingly, Tyler continued to push to get me to sign the paper. After arguing for what felt like 30 minutes, Tyler agreed to write 5K, $5,000 guaranteed on the paper, and I signed it. I don't know what that would mean in a court of law, okay? It could mean guaranteed anything. Zach had left uh, during this process and returned with the keys $5, to a new <laughs> limited Highlander. We walked outside so that he could show me the vehicle. I took a pic of the window sticker. The MSRP was 47828 Next to this was another sticker listing dealer added equipment. You're going to love this. Dorage guards, that's common. I don't know what a door pocket protector is. Do you, Josh? I think you, you wore that when you were in college, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But I have a door pocket. I don't know what. Door I, maybe, yeah, those are, maybe those are the things that go in behind the door handle. That's again. what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All nerds always had the pocket protectors. <laughs> With your slide rule on your hip. Exactly, yeah. Oh. Uh, so we got the door edge guard, we got the door pocket protector, we don't know what that is. We got a painted pinstripe. Uh, painted, well, at least that's not the paste on. Uh, nitrogen filled tires, you gotta love that nitrogen. Absolutely. And one year free key replacement, except we don't have any microchips. <laughs> and uh, and that's an inside joke. Uh, at any rate, you know what you get for that package of value? Uh, you're going to have to pay them $2,395 uh, for the worthless uh, list I just read. And they add that uh, to the MSRP, and you come up with 50223 He briefly went over the vehicle's features, and we went on a quick test drive. While driving, he told me the dealership had just undergone a $13 million renovation. I believe that. Mm -hmm. And has received hundreds of extra vehicles from Toyota in return. I believe that, too. He said they... Uh, have more vehicles in stock than any other Toyota dealership. Well, that's not true. Well, you never know. It could be close to true. It could be close, yeah. I mean, hard to believe these giant dealers like uh, Al Hendrickson have very few cars on their lot. Mm -hmm. So, what a huge advantage. He got lucky, Toyota Vera Beach agreed 
to this uh, building uh, thing uh, probably two years ago. And then here comes the pandemic and they open up and they have a new facility and here come these cars. And it is a winning a lot of timing. And they're making money at Toyota Vero hand over fist because they're the only one in South Florida that's got that many cars probably. And uh, they're hosing the customers when they come in. And you, you just read part of the uh, stream of the hose there. Uh, we've got an $899 dealer fee, a $514 dealer fee, which they call an electronic filing fee, and uh, not to mention the uh, addendum sticker of the nonsense of the nitrogen in the tires. Oh, yeah, below that is the, uh, the breakdown there. It, it kind of got... Okay. Yeah, so it starts with vehicle price underneath I'm the... Uh, I'm looking at my mask from the inside, <laughs> trying to get my fingers here. And running out of time, I can't stand the pressure. Well, here, I'll, I'll, it says, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. the vehicle price is on the previous page is 49823 and then on the next page it continues on right there. Okay. So 40, and then it has accessories at the top. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I got it, yeah. So, anyway, due on delivery, 51863 with all the nonsense. Uh, I challenged Tyler and the MSRP as good higher than the window sticker. He said that the market value, here we go, another gotcha, 1995 over sticker. Mm -hmm. I then pointed out the fact that the trade was 47.50, not 5,000, which they promised me, even put in writing. Oh, and I love this. I was told that it added up to 5,000 with the sales tax savings. So they took the Florida sales tax discount on that. And that is, uh, that's new, right? I mean, it's clever, right? Uh, I hadn't seen that before. I have not either. I mean, you know, if you're going to lie, you might as well lie cleverly. So Squeeze that extra 250 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, and I used the word, uh, Nancy, when we were driving in, I said, I forgot. It, it was just unconscionable. Despicable. A, one, of the, one of the worst deceptions I've seen in a long time. And uh, there we go. Uh, we got a vote. And uh, what can I tell you? I think uh, it's clear. Yeah, we got the, let's, let's see what you say. You can do the YouTube votes to Rick. You can come in with. I got Jonathan Wellington. I give this dealership a big F. F is for $5,000 fraud. <laughs> Bob says, sign here, and you get an F today. <laughs> Mark <laughs> says, liar, liar, pants on fire, big <laughs> solid F. You got, you got anything over there, Rick? Uh, so far, I've got Guy with a big fat D minus. And let's see, we got any others coming in? Uh, Bro Scientist actually came in quite early saying, my, my psychic vibes are telling me the mystery shopping report will be an F. Let's uh, see what we got here. Mark from St. Louis, F, no games, no gimmicks. Kit Kat, too much scamming, F. Mark Ryan, F, Brian with an F, Mark Smith with an F, Tom, F, and Wayne Wright with a big F. <clears throat> well, uh, Nancy, uh, I think I know what you're going to say, but mm -hmm. confirm. Mm. Uh, I think that uh, the dealership deserves an F. Zach deserves an F. Tyler deserves an F. And uh, that uh, voucher, well, I can't say on the air what you should do with that. <laughs> Does so. it start with an F? <laughs> <laughs> I give them an F, too. And I think it's a shame with all those cars, they could make a lot of money the honest way, and they just couldn't yeah. help themselves. I give them an F. That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, I hate to do it. I hate to give a Toyota dealer an F because I'm a Toyota dealer, 
and uh, I feel like I'm picking on them when I do that. But I, I, I you know, I'm tongue tied. It's got to be a deaf. So same, uh, same over here with an F. Straight up, Euro Beach. But I'll say this: if you if you're looking for cars, they got the cars. <laughs> yeah. So I got to be honest with you. Go down there, just don't get screwed. Good luck. Okay, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to Earl on Cars. We certainly enjoyed your company. We'll be right back here next Saturday morning, same time, 8 a.m. Have a blessed weekend.